say change is good, but I gotta say, I like I like our old song better. Oh, uh, really? You crapping on? Okay, so it's n- listen, listen. It's not finalized. Uh, it might grow on me. I'm, no, like so, that's I mean, that's the song. That is the song. But I will pull back the curtain and let you know that the actual official finalized version of the new intro um, has like audio clips from us over the in the past, kind of layered over top of it. And then right before it kicks off and we start talking, it's got a voiceover artist who, um, like a really great sounding female voice artist who who does, you know, one of those, you're listening to the Movie Men podcast. And then oh. it like... For a minute there, I was, and, I was yeah. thinking like she was going to do like a, a metal version singing the, the <laughs> art, the Movie Men podcast or something like that, you know? Yeah, no. <laughs> No, no, but uh, it is, yeah, it's, it, you know what, it always, there's always growing pains with the new song, it's always yeah. growing pains. Change, change but, is good. Yeah. So if you're like me out there and you're like, oh man, that other song was just so catchy, uh, you gotta, you, change is good. Give it time. Yeah. yeah. If, if, Especially if with nothing underwear. else, it will grow on you. Yeah. Hopefully not like a fungus. Or a weed, but like a beautiful flower. Yeah, see, the words underwear and fungus should never be spoken that close together. That's <laughs> now we've entered into a weird zone. Who said underwear? Weird. I didn't say underwear. Well, I said underwear. You said change is good, and I said yeah, especially underwear. Oh. And then, like twenty <laughs> seconds later, you're like fungus, Gro- fungus <laughs> growing on you, and I'm like, ew. Uh, hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. The B Team. My name is Brady. And I am Carl. And not only welcome to the Movie Men podcast, but welcome to a particularly special uh, iteration. Iteration? No. Um, edition. Iteration. I mean, sort of. A special edition of uh, our weekly news show. Only special, I guess, in the sense that e- it's a two-week episode because, well, we skipped last week. So that's... Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we we just couldn't busy. have our stars align this last week. Yeah, you know what? It was like it was the long weekend and then my schedule yeah. was a little... I was, you know, I've yeah. got a job where I'm you, normally working like later of the week into weekends, but yeah, this time I was You texted me like on the Monday early. when we normally record and like, are you ready to go? And I'm like... I'm nope. driving home from camp. <laughs> yeah, 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 Camp Krusty. So um, so anyways, we've got a bunch of topics. We've got nine topics to cover that scan, span two weeks. Um, so, I yeah, let's, let's kind of just jump. Dig in. Right? Yeah. Uh, Fast and the Furious. So I was late to the Fast and the Furious train. Very late. Like, mm-hmm. I saw all of them... I'd seen all of the ones that were out at that point for the first time back maybe maybe six years ago, five, five, six years ago. Um, and so I think only one or two have come out theatrically since then. Um, so yeah, there was there was quite a back catalog when I finally sat down and watched them. Um, you know, I don't know. 
<laughs> like the first one I found kind of fun and fascinating and like a neat concept. And I was like, okay, cool. I don't know how you make 10 of these things, but okay, cool. Like <laughs> we'll kind of see where this goes. You go to space. The second, <laughs> yeah. The second one just missed for me. Like the second one, I did not. I was like, oh, you know, it's was not. Was the second like, one the Tokyo one or was that the no, third the t- one? No, the Tokyo's the third one, but I don't. I don't even think Vin Diesel's in the second one, or maybe he is, but he like I it was it was like a he shows up at like the a, end. Of, I haven't seen the Tokyo one, but I know he shows up yeah. right at the end. He shows up at the end of that one, but the, even the second one felt like a big departure from like they hadn't figured out what <clears throat> what aspect of the franchise was going to be their continue through. Um, and yeah. you know, ultimately, what what that landed on was Dominic Toretto and his family. But it it took them some films to get there. Um, yeah, had the opportunity yeah. once since turned. I, I just it just crossed my mind. It seems like it's. I haven't seen anything. I've only seen like the first one, and I think maybe the third or fourth one. Mm-hmm. But it seems like, from what I know of where it's gone, it seems like it's just become uh, his trip, the triple X movie the spy triple x movie kind of diesel it seems like it's turned into that meets transformers but the cars don't transform they're just yeah they were made they were you know it started out and they were a crew of car enthusiasts who um were also you know maybe maybe into some questionable activity um and uh and then from there like they're they're they are they're essentially superheroes and and super spy government like whatever like it's just it just turned into this crazy crazy thing and they're listen they're still entertaining like it it's it kind of successfully transitioned into something completely different and and took on a whole new life and it's you know fun and you know whatever We've known for a very, very, very long time now that Fast X or Fast 10, which is the upcoming one, is supposed to be it. Like, that's 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 where they're, you know, they've, they've set a roadmap <laughs> right. and they're ending at Fast and the Furious 10. Now, there's been rumors about, you know, um, and just recently Vin Diesel kind of gave a bunch of... Um, gave a bunch of credit to the idea that there is an all-female Fast and the Furious spinoff coming. We did get the Hobbs and Shaw film, which was a, a, a Fast and the Furious universe spinoff film. Um, so there's the potential for a Hobbs and, Shaw, Hobbs and Shaw sequel, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but that 10 was kind of it. 10 was it for the main franchise. Well, then... Not super long ago, a couple months back, six, well, maybe not a couple, like six or seven months ago, it was sort of confirmed that Fast and the Furious X was actually like a part one, part two type of thing, right? And that they were going to split the final one into two films, and that was the big send-off, that's what it is, here we go. Well, recently in an interview, Vin Diesel was talking, and he kind of has given a lot of credit to the idea that maybe Fast X is actually a trilogy of films. Um, <laughs> but even he kind of played like a little unsure about it, which I think is kind of bizarre considering the Fast 10 is now in the theaters. 
Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was kind of it was kind of pointed out that like you know each story has three acts and maybe Fast X has three acts and those three acts are told over uh, over the course of three films. I you know, but like the first typically the first act of a film, the first act of any story doesn't make a great movie if like if that's all you're telling right your first act is just a bunch of setup and it's you know it's whatever else so i don't know it kind of sounds like that might be where it's going it kind of sounds like maybe it's the studio that is wanting that um which would not surprise me at all because the fast and the furious franchise you know regardless of something it's um Regardless of whether or not it's something that you enjoy or you're into, it's it's become a little bit of a box office juggernaut, right? Like it it's 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 a profitable it's a profitable franchise, right? The last yeah. one that came out in um twenty twenty one, which was Fast Nine, made uh where are we here? Oh, uh, see, Fast Nine. Okay, you can't quite count. You can't quite count Fast Nine because Fast Nine was one of those straight to home release. Oh, it was over COVID in the pandemic. You know, blah blah blah. Um, but Hobbs and Shaw, which was the one that came out just before that, and is like a a is a spinoff. It's not even the main franchise, but a spinoff made $760 million at the box office. Hmm. $760 million yeah. at the box office. So there's like, money. They're like they're making their money back. They're not they're not. Oh yeah. There's money, there's money to be money. made. Um before that was the fate of the Furious with 1.2 billion. Right? So it's 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 there's money to be had. Um so it doesn't surprise me. I mean, is it a smart thing to do? <sighs> Financially, yes. Does it come across a little like greedy and just kind of like, you know, you're, you're you're milking this for all it's worth, huh? Yeah, a little bit, I think. <laughs> they'll, they'll find this is it's this won't be the end. They'll find stories to tell and once they've milked the race car storylines dry which yeah. apparently they already are kind of because there's a lot of these vehicles that don't even look like street cars or muscle cars anymore because they're driving tanks and other weird things they're gonna end up driving spaceships and it'll be like dom toretto's grandson uh, yeah i don't know spaceship through the galaxy or something because at the time of, at the time of recording fast 10 has only been out for 10 days um and is already at 512 million. Yeah. So it's this one is not going to be an exception to the money that they've been making. So I mean, you know, I get it. But uh, I mean, it's ultimately it's not a franchise I'm super interested in. It's one I have been trying to get Pete to you know, every time we decide like okay, what's the next franchise we're going to kind of work through for the podcast? I I do always bring up Fast and the Furious just because I know it's got that following. And so it, you know, 
it makes good business sense to cover it. Um, but Pete's like, I, I really don't care about it. <laughs> like, I, I just don't want to see them. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's in our future. Maybe it's not. Um, maybe that'll be the way that you finally see all the Fast and the Furious films. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But until then, do you have any other thoughts on this? I mean, my my gut reaction was, once you get to 10 films, you can't say you're making a trilogy. But I mean, there's Star Wars and there's three trilogies in Star Wars. Or, so. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So hard to say. Yeah. Okay, okay. Moving on. Listen, a little while back, you and I set out and we made our fan castings for James Gunn's new upcoming DC universe. Sort of a, a a reboot, not a reboot, soft reboot. Who the hell knows what's happening right now? But, um, and on my list to play Superman, and they kind of felt like super the Superman casting, like obviously there were big castings where it's like, well, who are you going to pick for Batman? Who are you going to pick for Wonder Woman? Um, but the Superman casting felt especially poignant because... Superman Legacy is the film that is going to kind of kick off James Gunn's new DC universe. Uh, that's Those are the castings that we are going to get confirmed for us <clears throat> before right. any others, because it's just that's what's in production. And on my list as Superman, I had Nicholas Holt, who we explained at the time, you know, he's from Warm Bodies. He played um, he played Beast. In the the like eighties, the the James McAvoy X Men films, he um, was in Mad Max. He was in Mad Max. He was in the new Ralph Fiennes movie, The Menu. Um, More recently, he, he was in Renfield. With he was just in Cage, Renfield, which yep. I have seen, and he is amazing in that as well. Have you yeah. seen? It's on my it's on my super short list. Yeah, yeah I, I want to see it. It's a really good. It's a fun film. <laughs> yeah, um, and I chose him as Superman. I thought, you know what? He's got he's got the acting chops, I think. He's already like there's pictures of him out there where, you know, he he's capable of swole. Now obviously he'd have to get a lot more swole, but that's that was true of pretty much any actor that we, you know, that we talked about. We're like, "Wow, you're going to have to beef up to play Superman no matter who you are." Well, a report has now come out from The Hollywood Reporter, where they've kind of put together, you know, uh, pulling from their sources and what they've heard and what they understand to be kind of going on behind the scenes, they've put together sort of a short list of who James Gunn and Peter Safran are considering for sort of the, the, the big roles in the Superman legacy film. And it has been batted around like Nicholas Holt's name has been sort of circling this project for like a month now and a lot of people were also speculating that he could be up for Superman and I was like okay sweet great I you know called it but whatever um however it's now kind of been reported based on their behind the scenes, you know, sources that there is only currently one person who seems to be quote unquote earmarked to play the classic villain Lex Luthor and that that is one Nicholas Holt. So, uh, 
I mean, I, you know, people go, well, does he have the look of like, so I shave his head. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, shave his well, head he and you're there. He has a shaved head is, is in, kind of, in Mad Max. And the article you wrote right. me shows a picture of that. Kind of has that look. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, okay. Like Mad Max is what, like 10 years ago now? Almost? And so, I mean, you want your Lex Luthor to, you know, at least I want my Lex Luthor to look a little bit older than he looked in Mad Max, which he now does. Um, I don't know. I, I, I There's no downside for me on this. Now, I had preferred choices for Lex Luthor over Nicholas Holt, um, but Lex Luthor is also not one of those characters that I'm going to worry about when they announce the casting for like they could announce just about anyone is going to play Lex Luthor and I would go oh that's interesting okay cool um it's not like you know Batman it's not like they come out tomorrow and they're like oh you know um Taylor Lautner is Batman and I'm gonna go oh come on (laughs) right like that those things are gonna bug me the Lex Luthor thing I'm kind of like well you know give us whoever if this is in fact true and we have Nicholas Holt, like I've said, I, Nicholas Holt's got the acting chops. I really enjoy him, and I think he'd be a super fun addition to this. Um, anyways, you hear this, Carl. You hear that Nicholas Holt may be the number one choice right now to play Lex Luthor. And what are your thoughts? Uh, I think he'd make a good Lex Luthor. Yeah. Uh, he break like in like having this picture of the Mad Max character he played in front of me reminds me of the kind of the intensity he had in that role. This is like, yeah, that's there's a little bit of that same intensity when it comes to who the Luther character is in my mind, like a, a very, um, <clears throat> almost, um, zealot intensity uh, and vision and passion t- towards something. Um, so yeah, yeah. the article that you linked, he said, talks about how he's read for Superman and, or potentially has read for both parts, Superman and Lex Luthor. So he's could be in contention for both, which is really cool. Yeah. If you've read but, uh, for yeah, both, I think he'd be a good fit for, for definitely for Luthor. I think he'd be an interesting yeah. one for Superman, but yeah, I don't think he'd be a, a bad choice for either. If you if you had read for both, I I have to imagine you'd be pining after the Superman one. Like you're going to be just you know just as happy to be a part of the film and blah blah blah, and you get to play the iconic <clears throat> villain Lex. But I, I, don't I know. think it would depend on, want- on the personality of the individual, like. Cause there are some actors out there who, who would look at those two roles and probably find playing the human trying to take down the super villain, the superhuman, uh, more of an interesting, more interesting role to play as an actor mm-hmm. than, than yeah, a boy scout a Superman. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 There's definitely more money in the Superman role, though. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right? like, for sure. Lex, yes, you, you, you're going to have a lot of projects that Superman shows up in that Lex doesn't. It's just kind of, you know, yeah. Well, more not, job not to mention the fame and notoriety that will come with that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I I got no issues with this. I think it'll be interesting for sure if it happens. And um, you know, we've said many times before that it's never a bad thing to get talent, and mm-hmm. so that you know, it's and that's what this would be. Okay, so we just had a little movie that came out and oh, well, just punched my microphone. A little movie came out. And I I don't know how this happened, but almost nobody's heard of it. It didn't do very well at the box office. It 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 got a measly pathetic $1.27 billion. And so that's kind of crummy. And and there's no merchandising for it. And it it didn't do very well on Rotten Tomatoes. It's just like a, a really, a really unfortunate run. For this little indie film, um, and that film, of course, is the Super Mario Bros. movie, <laughs> which has swept the nation and made a ridiculous amount of money for a um, for not only an animated film but a video game movie, which are notoriously bad. Uh, currently, holds ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And like I said, yeah. $1.27 billion. Com- comparing it to the last time somebody attempted Super Mario Bros., it is a... Oh, wow, well, yeah. It, it is like yeah. miles and miles better than... <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, for sure. in the 90s. For sure. Like, you um, can't even other th- hold a candle to it. <laughs> so uh, the question, the question kind of became, like, if you've seen the Super Mario Bros. movie, there's... You know, it's not just like Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Toad, right? Like we see, um, we see all sorts of people. We see the don- oh, sort of yeah. the Donkey Kong family shows Kongs. up. They're there. Um, we don't get. You see most of the d- the the villainish characters, except for yeah. kind of Bowser's kids. Yeah, we don't see Wario or Waluigi. Yeah, and we don't get Yoshi until we get a little teaser of Yoshi in a post. We see Yoshi scene. Island. We see the Yoshi world and yes. Yoshi's running around. Yeah, but we don't see like Mario's Yoshi. Buddy. Yeah. So the big, but the big question has been: if the Super Mario Bros. movie does as well as it now has, what is the next project for Nintendo Studios? Because this is like, you know, they've they've created a studio here, right? And there's, you know, there's all sorts of things, you know, people people have batted around the idea of, well, you could do a Donkey Kong movie. Okay, well, yeah, sure, maybe you could do that. There's been, oh, you could do a um, Dr. Mario movie. You could do a movie, a lot of people. Stop, 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 pause, pause. Let's, Let's do some speculation and like wish list at the end of this news article. Because there are some things in my mind that are like, okay. oh, I would love to see this Nintendo property. Okay. So, but let's, let's, I think that would be fun. I'm just going to interrupt you there because I think that would yes. uh, be a nice no, that's fine. twist. So you want me to put a, pin on, put a pin in this and go to the rest of the story? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Fin- finish the story yeah, okay. and then we'll move on. Or we'll do okay. that thing. Okay. So one of the big titles, though, that a lot of people have been speculating about and is also in another way, a different IP that is sweeping the nation right now because of the release of a new game that everybody's talking about is Zelda. Now, Zelda's been around for a very long time now, been around since the 80s. 
And I listen, I I got lambasted on Facebook. People are losing their shit. I've never played a Zelda game. Screw you. <laughs> you know, I just the last the last Nintendo game console that I actually owned was the Nintendo console was NES. That was the Nintendo Entertainment System is what I had, right? Never had a Super Nintendo, never had an N64, never had a GameCube. My pa- our, our house had a You know a there Wii. was a Zelda game on the NES, right? Was there? Yeah. Yeah, but it, I don't know. I didn't have it. I was I played Super Mario Bros. I played Duck Hunt. <laughs> I played the Who Framed Roger Rabbit game. And I played yep. uh, like a dungeon. Uh, was it a dungeon crawler? Kind of, sort of. It was. It was a game called Crystallis, right? and that was the other. And I can still hear the music for it in my head. Right? I had a Game Boy, but I I can't remember playing anything on the Game Boy other than Pokemon. Like that was just, you know, that was the purpose of a Game Boy. Um, and it was a Game Boy Pocket. It wasn't even like a new. You know, I had one screen, black and white. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Our family had a Wii, but you know, it was mostly for like bowling and just dance and whatever else. If we didn't, I don't even know that we had Mario Kart for it. Um, and yeah, I would, whatever's come after the Wii U, Nintendo, and obviously now Switch is the big, you know, and I've been eyeing a Switch, but I also just, you know, it, yeah, it's a pretty cool system because it's like, yeah. it's like a full on console, but it's also like a handheld portable gaming yeah. system. Yeah. It's kind of like a Game Gear from Sega, but like, yeah. Um, So anyways, listen, I've never played Zelda, but I understand that it's all the rage. It's a big deal. I've played Link in Super Smash Bros. I don't know if that counts. I think it counts. (laughs) I think you get like, not, I don't think you'd even get half points. We'll give you like, an eighth of a an eighth okay. of a point. Eighth that. of a point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> eighth of a credit. <laughs> but a lot of people have been speculating Zelda movie, Zelda movie, Zelda movie. And I've said to you, and I can't remember if it was on the podcast or or if it was just personally. I said, you know, the problem with a Zelda movie is that throughout the games, from from the limited thing that I know of the games, Link, the character that you play as, the main character, does not speak he, he's always been a silent character yeah for the most part yeah and i have 95 percent confidence that if you did a zelda movie link would speak to have the main character of your movie now maybe there's creative ways with there's been speculation you put out a couple of ideas like oh how how you could do this and, you know, always have him just cut off before he goes yeah, to speak. That's, that's or, what I was thinking. Anytime he's about yeah. to speak, somebody interrupts him. Yeah. And that would be, but I also think that maybe that would get old after an hour and a half, right? Like it would just be like, oh, well, you've kind of worn that gag out like five minutes into the movie. But I don't know. And so I think that it would be divisive. People would want a Zelda movie, but it'd be very dis- divisive. And people who don't understand movies or storytelling or what you know, whatever, would just go like, oh, "You shouldn't have him talk. It was so stupid." Blah blah blah. And it's like, well, but <sighs> you know, you got to have your your main character has to talk. Um, but now the creators, the studio behind the Zelda games, are saying that they are interested in a Zelda movie. 
And I mean, I think this was just the natural progression. I think, I, I don't think many people doubted that this was kind of, you know, whether or not it was the next big title. But after, what was it, Bre- Breath of the Wild was the last one? from like a couple years back that everyone was nuts about. And now tears of the kingdom, the direct predecessor to that. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone's shocked. Um, but yeah, it's, does it get me as excited as, as the super Mario bros movie did? Uh, No, certainly not. Um, Will I watch it still? I mean, yeah, probably if it's if it's created with the same humor and craft and whatever else that the Super Mario Bros movie was, then absolutely. Um, I think it's just a shame that I won't, you know, as as where the Mario Bro- movie was packed full of little Easter eggy references that I got. The Zelda movie would be packed full of little Easter egg references that would be lost on me. So, eh, you know, neither here nor there. Carl, have you played Zelda games? How how linked? Oh yeah. How quote unquote? How quote unquote? Nudge nudge wink wink. Linked into the story of Zelda are you? <laughs> and uh, it was good. Right? I didn't even mean it. it was just a total accident. Um, and uh, what are your thoughts on Zelda movie? Is it the n- next logical thing, or yeah, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I, I'm fairly familiar with the the Link sort of um, mythos. I've played I played a number of the games, mostly the earlier ones. I played uh, Link to the Past on a Game Boy, and uh, I've got the the original one on my, like, uh, is it the original? I think it's the the very first one on my uh, for NES. Um, and I've got two sixty four ones, which I haven't beaten, but I played a bit of. So I, I'm like, I'm I'm versed. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say I'm like hardcore head over heels in, into it, but uh, I think it's a really cool uh, universe and that they've built and uh, it's got some really cool mythology they've built into that world. The, the narrative it could, structure. It, could, it has the potential to make a really interesting film. Yeah. For sure. The, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the narrative structure of the first one, or at least the first couple is very similar to Mario, right? Like there's a princess, the princess has been taken. Uh, you're the hero. You got to go save her. No, not, not really. The, okay. the, the premise of the games is all about like this. It's essentially they've developed this kind of cycle of reincarnation. So the link in every game and the Zelda in every game and the, um, Oh shoot. I'm he's slipping my mind. The bad guy from every game. Um, uh, bad guy. Um, is, um, uh, they're they're all the same character, just reincarnations of previous form. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so someone does, was sort of explaining sense. it to me the other day. Yeah, someone was sort of explaining it to me the other day, and they were kind of like, you know, that it's it's similarly the same story each time, but that like it's set like the the time setting is entirely different each time Gandalf. and that it's like 
that you know maybe you're like 500 years forward or you're you know, whatever and yeah it's, or it's the same or, setup yeah, and premise well, the, but the you're, timeline yeah. is a little messy <clears throat> from what the things that they've done but for the most part zelda link and the villain ganondorf are are like always reincarnated and always fighting this kind of same battle uh and fighting for what's called uh, in the the games the triforce so these three individuals are are constantly vying for and link and zelda are obviously kind of on the same side because ganondorf's always trying to conquer the world uh, but the the triforces are three individual pieces of something that give give power and when you have all three of them and you combine them it creates like it gives you like ultimate power kind of like infinity stones almost <clears throat> and um yeah so ganondorf's always trying to get them and zelda and link are always trying to stop them and it's kind of like this kind of synergy where these three individuals are always reincarnated to find the find and battle over these three pieces of uh powerful relics that create a triforce and so that, that's kind of like a general synopsis of the broader scope of all of the games. And then each individual game is you're playing as one of the reincarnations of Link to stop Ganondorf. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the, the most recent two are like that, but I would, it'd be hard for me to imagine they wouldn't kind of follow that pattern. Um, but then all of them have different mechanics and stuff like that. Cause you know, it's a video game. That's what they do. They reinvent new stuff for each game. But they're all, for the most part, they're all really interesting kind of dungeon divey, role playing ish kind of games, hack and slashy. Yeah. But it, it, like that whole idea, just kind of <clears throat> that original narrative, the big synopsis is kind of like that's a really cool idea for a film. Yeah. And if, if they kind of do it justice and, and, and honor the source material, the way that the Mario movie did. And like we, when we, when we were talking about the Mario movie, when it was still kind of in production before it was released, we were kind of like, ah, man, like Chris Pratt is Mario. But like I watched it two weeks ago and it was, it was, it was good. Like, oh man, Chris Pratt really did a good job and like there were a few things where i was like uh that's a little on the nose but it was like uh, kind of on the nose and not necessarily a horrible way um kind of like the the um the whole plot line of the movie is uh spoiler (laughs) if you haven't seen it yet bowser's in love with princess peach and wants to marry her which isn't part of any of the storylines of the games, but it's, it's a me. It's essentially a meme. It's been a meme for a long time that Bowser likes peach, (laughs) right? But it's not, can't, it wasn't Canon. It wasn't official. So they took this meme and they made it official. And so it's like, that's very on the nose, very kind of like, uh, okay, I guess, (laughs) but it worked Mm -hmm. and it was fun. Um, so like, yeah, I think I think if they do it the same way they did Mario, it would be a great film. The one yeah, thing Link, I Link's got to s- talk, Link, and Link does. Yeah. Link doesn't have speaking roles in the games, 
but he does kind of grunt and make noises. And so you kind of have an idea of what his, he might sound like kind of, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I will say about the Mario movie is it, they, they played it safe and it paid off as yeah. far as it wasn't, it wasn't the most in depth story, like narratively, it was a pretty, like, generic, not a lot of... There wasn't a lot of depth to the story, um, which was fine. And it was still... It still worked, and it was still entertaining, and it was still... It just... There, it also seemed like there were fewer things in there for... There were f- fewer... Not, not adult themes, but, like, you know, I kind of expected the Mario movie to capture some of that like Shrek magic mm. wh- where there's, there's the jokes in there that only the adults are getting. And they really didn't do that. It was really more a kid film with yeah. visual references that adults would get from, from their childhood and very and nostalgic. Like, like those, yeah. those not very nice member berries, not obnoxious ones. Yeah. So I think yeah. for something like Zelda, they would have to up their 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 writing game. They would yeah. have to, you know, and not uh, and not hire Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen was my only real beat. Oh my film. god! I don't, I, and I'm just not a Seth Rogen fan. In he didn't general. even try. I read no. an article that said he when they asked him to play Donkey Kong, he said, "Sure, but I'm not doing a voice." And yeah. at that point, I'm like, "You're not even going to try. Why? Yeah. Why are you hiring this guy?" Yeah, and then exactly. like all the red carpet stuff, you you want look at pick. If you're listening to this and you have the of a computer in front of you, Google like Mario movie red carpet images, and the entire cast kind of, in some way or another, dressed up to kind of look like their character. Like Jack Black has got like a uh, the sh- a shell that looks like Bowser's on his, the back of his tux, right? So they all yeah. kind of dressed up a little bit. Right, but still kind of looked red carpety, and Seth Rogen didn't didn't do anything. It's like, are you kidding? Like, why? Just put a DK tie on. What is your problem? You're too cool for school. Like, get out of here. Oh, <laughs> just bothered me so much. Yeah. Oh right. man. Moving on. So yeah, <laughs> there was there's a there's a situation that we have talked about a little bit in the past and I haven't wanted to like beat it over the head. So, you know, there's been lots of little developments and furtherings that have sort of come out over the weeks and we just chose not to talk about them because it was just, you know, it was kind of a lot of the same and just speculation and there wasn't really anything I felt was newsworthy to talk about. Um, But that situation is the Jonathan Majors situation. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Majors, of course, was cast as Kang in the MCU. We first saw him show up in the towards the end of the first season of Loki, and then he reprised his role in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, a film. Sorry, punching my mic. <laughs> A film, a lot today. <laughs> yeah, a film that um, you and I both disliked. Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania mm-hmm. was was hot trash, um, but Jonathan yeah. Majors was good in it. Yes, right. He's 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 a fantastic 
actor. Well, it was it wasn't long after that that Jonathan Majors was in the news um, for accusations of assault against was it a girlfriend or an ex girlfriend or I don't it doesn't matter some, um, a woman some lady <laughs> some lady. And it was kind of presented at the, like, Jonathan Major's lawyers kind of came out and said, like, we have video evidence that is just going to make this whole thing go away, and it's not even, you know, it's not even going to be a thing. Like, yeah, video you know, evidence whatever. that he was the victim. <laughs> that he was the victim, and, and so on and so forth. And, and so then, uh, naturally, the big question for us became, well, if this is true, if, if it doesn't go away, what happens to King? Because it's not just like, it's not like we're sitting here and, and saying, you know, oh, it was the actor that played, um, oh, what is that actor's name? The actor that plays Abomination. Um, either way, the actor that plays Abomination and they go, well, what are we going to do with Abomination now? Well, then you just don't have a, a like Abomination just doesn't show up again. Like it's, that's, that wouldn't be a hard thing to do. You just, you know, you, you don't use him again. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Kang's a little bit different because Kang has been set up as the future of the MCU. The that's new how Thanos. he's that's how he's been presented to us is that you know we have an Avengers film coming up called Kang Dynasty. We have that post-credit scene, one post-credit scene at the end of Quantumania that just kind of shows, you know, like oh, there's there's a lot of Kangs, like a lot of Jonathan Majors, and they're all Kang's the only being within the multiverse that is in commune with all the other versions of himself, right? They're the kind of that's the exception there. Um, and then there was also a post credit scene which was a setup for Loki season two, and Jonathan Majors is is featured heavily in that. And I read an article the other day, and I think it's completely on point, that never in the history of the MCU has Marvel hung their hat on one actor in such a way that so much of their franchise is now dependent on that one actor. Hmm. In the way that they have with Jonathan Majors. And so our question was, well, what happens? Not just what happens to Kang, but what happens to the MCU? If this whole thing goes the the Ezra Miller route, what happens with the MCU? Now, Flash was a little bit different because all of those things that happened with Ezra Miller happened after the majority, if not all, of the Flash had been shot. Well, they haven't shot Kang. Like, nobody showed up on set yet for Kang Dynasty. Right? These are still future projects. Well, Jonathan Majors, to give you a little bit of an update, has now had his first virtual court appearance, and the charges are proceeding. This has not gone away the way that Jonathan Majors' lawyers sort of very confidently said that they were going to. And so, yeah, now we're all sitting here still kind of wondering the same question, but a couple of interesting things have started to happen. The first being that we have gotten now our official press release for when um, Loki Season 2 is premiering on Disney+. Plus. Okay? Which is October 6th. October 6th, Season 2 is coming out. And... This press release 
lists the cast members. It says, Hiddleston, obviously, Tom Hiddleston plays Loki, is joined by the cast Owen Wilson. Gugu Mabatha Ra. I've totally butchered that. I apologize. <laughs> Sophia DiMartino. Try it again. Try it again. <laughs> Wumi Mosaka and Richard E. Grant. Who's not mentioned in this is Jonathan Majors. Oh, he's not important. <laughs> it seems a little odd for Jonathan Majors having been, even in that post credit scene teeing up Loki season two, it's like Jonathan Majors is going to be the big the big antagonist here. He's going to be the issue. Another interesting thing that has now happened is there was a, um, like a shareholders, you know, get together, show the good people what we've got coming from Disney thing that happened. And to those people who were in attendance, they showed a bunch of, they showed footage of the upcoming season. They showed, they debuted a new trailer for the upcoming season. They did all this stuff. Like, here's here's a bunch of media about Loki season two. In those clips, and in that trailer, and in all of the promotional material that they had, there wasn't a trace of Kang or Jonathan Majors. Now, there was also speculations a little while back, where not speculations, a little while back, uh, Loki did a bunch of, Loki season two did a bunch of reshoots. And as the tinfoil hat people on the internet tend to do, us included, that's, that's what, you know, like anyone who thinks that fans of comic book or sci-fi or whatever have you properties anyone who thinks that fans don't all have a tinfoil hat somewhere in their closet you're sorely mistaken we all do i got mine on now it's got horns yeah. <laughs> loki horns no they're more like um bull horns uh, okay um they all started to speculate is was wow these reshoots they must be reshooting to remove jonathan majors from Probably not all, but a, like a, a bunch of this season, like kind of shoot them out of it so that, you know, we can just kind of wait and see like what happens with all of this. So I don't, it's hard to say what's going on. You know, it's possible that there's a logical explanation for all of this, that it's that, you know, well, he's the big baddie and we're just keeping him a little bit under wraps and, and we don't want to reveal any of the storyline or Kang's motivations in this or what he's doing or what's happening or all of this stuff and blah, 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 blah. Totally possible. It is also, though, worth questioning, is this a, is this a case of Marvel getting some cold feet towards Jonathan Majors and realizing, hey, this Jonathan Majors case could take months or years mm -hmm. to get sorted out. And if it doesn't get sorted out in a way that's in favor for Jonathan Majors, Jonathan Majors A just, you know, won't it won't be good won't be good business to put him in our stuff. But B, he may not actually be available. <laughs> So, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what my thoughts are on this. I do think, I don't necessarily think that those reshoots were <laughs> to remove Jonathan Major from parts of the show. Um, but I do think that 
Marvel's maybe being a little bit cautious right now in how much marketing has Jonathan Major's face on it because it's it's just kind of a weird situation that they find yeah. themselves in. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, prisoners need jobs too. And with green screen technology, you could easily put them in any movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, seriously though. <laughs> I don't like it's man. I always hate the idea of this kind of somebody gets accused of something, cancel it, cancel them, write them out of everything. Because, I mean, the justice system <clears throat> that we have in North America is you're innocent until you're proven that you're guilty. Exactly. And this cancellation stuff is like, it's like pitchforks and torches, mob mentality, like putting the cart before the horse here. That's that's not how this works. <clears throat> That being said, what you what that last kind of comment you made about like you know like business wise, if we if we back this horse and this horse goes to jail, it doesn't look so good in our in our um, for our 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 financial backers for our yeah. those that uh, give us the money and. Well, and, so, and box office like, returns. As a business right? decision, like we are talking like billions of dollars. Yeah, billions as a business of decision to to kind of start writing somebody out of your future plans that potential that may or may not be available or have uh, win or lose their legal battle. You know, I. I it kind of makes business sense, right? Yeah. I don't I don't think I necessarily think it's right, but yeah, I mean you, they got to look after their bottom dollar at the end of the day. Um yeah. so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little yeah. torn on it. Like yeah. we the more recent kind of uh, uh um celebrities that have kind of gone through this legal issues that uh, we've kind of seen very pr prominently in the limelight with this le their legal battles was the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp stuff, and Johnny Depp was like he was he was canned he was canceled, yeah, from a lot of stuff because of allegations, <laughs> and uh, a UK court did find that he was guilty, but then a US court has now found him innocent, and it's, so you're like it's like. Okay, they're both messed up people. Yeah. Either either hire them or don't. And if you've hired them, don't 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 fire them. Like <laughs> they're both screwed up. Like you're you're dealing with uh, baby adults here. <laughs> that's that's yeah. essentially what we're dealing with. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. It's <clears throat> and uh yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's a hard one. I well, don't, and I, I don't agree with the canceling stuff, but at the same time, uh, I have a bit of a, a mind about business. I went yeah. to school for two years for business and it, it makes sense business wise. Yeah. <laughs> like it's also to protect your, your property, your, your IP. Uh, so you, you do that with, with, um, 
with prejudice, right? Like, cause yeah. if, if all of a sudden your property starts looking ugly because you've hired a now convicted criminal for something that's pretty heinous, then that doesn't look good yeah. on you to lead but, the biggest franchise yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. That being said, you didn't know that when you hired him. So again, yeah. that's kind of mob mentality. Like they didn't know that. Why are you hating on them? That doesn't make sense. Well, it's just yeah. the way the, the yeah. Anyway. But <laughs> it, but it, like another interesting way to look at it too is like, it, you know, these celebrities at the end of the day are, you know, they're just, just they're, whether they're like baby adults or whatever it was that you called them, they're, they're people. Yeah. They're just people. And so they're messed if, up people. Some if of them. you, if some of you them were do th- fare better than others. <laughs> well, but I mean, even the, even like non messed, even non like really messed up people, <clears throat> like, you know, if right now, if, you were the owner of some big corporation that's, you know, made millions of billions of dollars or you know, whatever it is, right? And you were looking at Carl. Just, let's say you're not Carl, right? But you're you're this other person. You're running this big business and you're looking at Carl to be the face of your business. Moving forward, Carl's the guy, right? The, the everyone in the world is going to know your name. And a week before you pull the plug or a week after you pull the plug or, you know, whatever it is on this or but pull the trigger, I guess, not pull the plug, pull the trigger to make this happen. The like in real your real life experiences, Carl's actual life, all the ugliest parts of Carl's life are now plastered all over the media and the entire world is aware of the ugliest parts of your life. Would you want Carl being the face of your company? Like, it's just a non-messed up... It, I mean, and I'm not picking on you. The same goes for anyone. Right? Well, I mean, the, uh, my life's pretty boring by comparison to... <laughs> so those, yeah, but, you know, do you would, know what I mean? It wouldn't like, be that... <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure my my the dirtiest parts of my life wouldn't be that big for top no top but i mean cousin. like even if even if they looked at it and they were like okay let's let's yeah. take i know i know you all the worst moments of the last 10 years and yeah. just plaster them around eh, it's a bad look it's a bad look for any of us yeah. right it's so yeah. yeah it's it's hard to say anyways moving on and i am glad that you said that you're wearing your tinfoil hat because you're going to need it this is one of those tinfoil hat moments right now we are very excited, looking forward to a little film called Deadpool 3. I think we were always looking forward to it, but the, the amount of looking forward to it, the moment that Hugh Jackman was announced, that he was returning yeah. as Wolverine, it just became <clears throat> like there was no scale big enough for our anticipation. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. which, which uh, reminder for the audience is still filming in spite of a writer's strike, but well, also was, means yeah. that Ryan Reynolds, who's known for his improvisational lines in these films, cannot improv. <laughs> yeah, he's not allowed to do any improvising, <laughs> which is like, ugh, it's so nuts. And, then, and it's not just like, okay, well, then let's write it into the script and then you do it and it's not improvising. No, you can't do any rewrites. Yeah. You have to and shoot to whatever's been written. would be a lot. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, so that's happening. Wolverine, there he is. Hugh Jackman. 
And we talked about, well, it kind of seemed like there's a very good chance that Patrick Stewart might show up as Charles Xavier. Okay. We all got kind of tinfoil hatty there. <laughs> and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then there was a sort of another discussion, that little sort of line that was thrown out there by Patrick Stewart that maybe made it seem like it wasn't totally impossible that Ian McKellen as Magneto might show up. And we all got like, oh, bring it on. <laughs> like, let's, let's, let's get the band back together. Let's do it. Well, and none of that requires a tinfoil hat. That's all. I mean, the, the Xavier stuff a little bit, you got to speculate, but the whole, you know, Deadpool's happening. Um, Hugh Jackman's back. The other thing you don't need a tinfoil hat for is they have now just begun shooting. It is shooting. Deadpool 3 is is tangible. It's happening right now. Tinfoil hat time. Like right now, right now? They're, they're well, currently shooting? Shoot, prob- probably. There's a very good chance. It's a very good <laughs> chance that Ryan Reynolds is on set as we speak. Yes. Tinfoil hat time. In a world where it seems like they're bringing back multiple people from the Fox X-Men films, the Brian Singer X-Men universe. One would not be crazy to start looking at some of the other characters that were in those films and just wondering, speculating, could this person show up? Or would that overcrowd it? Or is it like just, you know, are, it, is it is it just enough that we're already getting one person back? Like, you know. But you wouldn't be crazy to look at that and kind of wonder. Well, one of the characters that was a big part of those films was Halle Berry's Storm. And did a fantastic job. One of yeah, my favorite great. one of my favorite lines in comic book films ever belongs to her. Do you know what happens to a toad when he's struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. And then, like, the lightning starts forming and all this. Oh, so good. But listen. Halle Berry, four days ago, posted a picture on her Instagram. Just her standing in a garden, wearing some, some weekend clothes. Looks like she might be doing some art, some painting. I, who knows? Holding a cat. And the caption says, patience takes practice. Yeah, it you know, pretty innocuous enough. It's just kind of a whatever. But fans are losing their shit because in this image, Halle Berry's hair is kind of sh- cut short, a little bit of an undercut, a little spiky, a little punky looking, a little edgy, which is not her normal look. She also has her natural hair color, the sort of dark black brown color underneath but the tops have all been bleached white essentially she's hanging out in her garden you know going about her life but she's rocking the hairstyle and color that is very very similar if not exactly the look that she sported as storm in the x-men movies Mm mm-hmm Now, normally, 
that would just, you know, normally you'd probably just look at that and go, well, you know, she, she likes the way it looks. I don't know. People change their hair. But the fact that Deadpool just started shooting, and we know we're getting these other X-Men back. God, the tinfoil hatness right now, I have to admit, even I've got my tinfoil hat on. I, oh, If yeah. you had asked me before seeing this <clears throat> image, do you think Halle Berry's going to come back as Storm? I would have said, um, I'll give it, I'll give it 15%, a 15% chance that she's coming back, which is pretty low. Eh, I wouldn't have ruled it out. I wouldn't have said it's impossible, but I certainly would not have put any money on it. Now that I've seen the image, and this is, again, I've got my tinfoil hat on, I've gone from 15%, I would say probably up to about 70%. I will now actually be a little surprised if she doesn't show up. I'm now anticipating her showing up. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I've sent you the image. Sorry about the fact that she's holding a cat. I know you don't like cats. <laughs> um, you've seen this image, and what are your thoughts? Is this just a w bizarre, total, who gives a crap coincidence? And she, she just happens to like the hair color, and she's not involved in Deadpool 3 at all? Or is this kind of a sneaky, like, we're a, was someone kind of annoyed when she made this post over mm. at the studio going... <laughs> Ooh, that may have been a little too much or like whatever. Is this is this confirmation for us fans that Halle Berry is coming back as Storm in Deadpool 3? Uh, I'll tell you what. If, uh, if that hair gets spiked up and she plays like the Mohawk Storm, I'm in. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my That's gosh. Like the best version of Storm. Give it to us. <laughs> Yeah. And it kind of looks oh, like man. it could because like I said it's that undercut look. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying like. So it could just yeah. not be a spiked <clears throat> mohawk. However, right how alternate theory here for you. <clears throat> um put put a tinfoil hat on your tinfoil hat here, Brady. Uh they are they're they're the the DC universe is looking for castings. And oh, she's there's no way. No, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know what makes that theory okay but listen listen do you know what makes that theory that much more frighteningly possible the Catwoman one yeah what's that that in the 2004 Catwoman film which will go down in history I believe as the worst film ever made <laughs> like it's just <laughs> it's bad it's awful her name, her character's name in that film is not Selena Kyle. It's Patience Phillips. And the the caption on this this Instagram photo is Patience takes practice. <laughs> My tinfoil right? on tinfoil hat theory just went through the roof. <laughs> So, I mean, I still don't think that's what's happening, but, <laughs> but, oh, that's, man. Uh, that is a hell of a coincidence, if, if not. <laughs> so, she's either, this is either a storm leak or a Catwoman leak. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, oh, gosh. 
Oh, man. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, moving on. Wait, wait before... one more thing. Oh, if she no. does play Storm, does that mean your favorite actor in the world, James Marsden, is going to come back to play Cyclops? I hope not. No, because <laughs> I... No, because, I mean, he's not really closely tied to Storm, right? Now, if Femke Jansen comes back and plays um, Jean Grey, resurrecting that character from the dead for the 37th time, <laughs> then then I, then I yes, I think you have to have Scott there. And I don't, I just hate him. I just hate him. I hate him <laughs> so much. <sighs> All right, moving on before I throw up. <laughs> We've been talking a bunch about Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's kind of made a little bit of a Murphy resurgence in Hollywood. Um, he was in the Coming to America 2, Coming to America. Um, what was the other film he just did? And it was like, not super great, but it was like a similar anyways and he's out touring he's doing stand-up comedy again you know doing all this stuff and there's been speculation people have been talking about you know could we get another beverly hills cop movie starring eddie murphy that'd be maybe kind of interesting um there was all this talk a little while back about shrek right about he was he was saying about how they want he would want a a eddie or a, a donkey spinoff Right when he was, they were talking about the um, the new Puss in Boots movie, he, he kind of wanted a donkey spinoff. A um, little while after that, we we reported that there was actually a Shrek five. Is that what it would be um, in the works, and that original cast was turning? We're assuming that that means Eddie Murphy as well. So it's 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 a resurgence for sure for Eddie Murphy. He's back on the scene. Well, a report has come out from Variety that Eddie Murphy may be in talks to casting his version, casting his his skills onto a new version of what I would say is a pretty iconic character in one Jacques Clouseau. Mm -hmm. Meaning that Eddie Murphy is in talks to star in a Pink Panther reboot. Now, I was thinking about when I first heard this, I I I was new, I was on the fence. I don't think I swung either way. I wasn't like, "Oh yeah, no, I don't need that." Or and I wasn't like, "Ooh, this sounds amazing. Let's get it. Let's get, just friggin' do it." The more I've thought about this, I think the more I've warmed up to it, I've swayed in the direction of I think this is a is an okay idea. Now, some people are out there are going to be like, well, you don't need to like, do something original Hollywood, blah, 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 <laughs> right? Okay, well, listen, there are exceptions, right? There's There are those franchises that exist out there that they are always going to remake or do another version of because it's yeah. just kind of entered that you know what this should always be around in one shape or, f or shape or another right a christmas carol is an example yeah. there's there's always going J to James be christmas bond. carol remakes james bond they're Romeo always going to keep recasting and doing yeah. it stuff like that yeah absolutely and the more i started to think about it i think i've landed on you know what the pink panther might 
be one of those franchises. It might be one of those franchises that, you know what, it's a fun, not, not even a story, it's a fun universe. It's a fun character that you can keep plopping into these other ridiculous situations, and if you have a funny lead man who's attached to it, then it's it's worth doing. It's worth giving yeah. a new... There have been 11 Pink Panther films yeah. already. Go, going all right? the way back to the 60s. Going all the way back. 60s. So there's nine in sort of the original run. The majority of those, I think of the nine, six or seven of them, of course, star Peter Sellers as Jacques Clouseau. Um, there's one where Roger Moore played Inspector Clouseau, and there's one where Alan Arkin actually plays Inspector Clouseau. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, obviously, it was Peter Sellers in the yeah, early 2000s. Like, like I'm looking on, online here. It looks like the third one, they stepped away from Sellers to Arkin. Arkin, uh, yeah. The fourth one went, oh, sorry. Yeah, third one, and the fourth one went back to Sellers. Back to Sellers for a couple of yeah. them. He did a couple in a row. Him and, and David the Niven. One went to David. Yeah. And then the ninth one was somebody else, and then yeah. it became Steve Martin for two. So, yeah, in the 2000s. Yeah, in the 2000s, we had two films, Pink Panther and Pink Panther 2, or Pink Panther Return, like whatever they called it. Pink Panther and Pink Panther 2, but it, it looks like there is a... A subtitle? A subtitle to it. Yeah. Um, and starring Steve unexpected. Martin. And you know what? I The first Steve Martin one, I didn't mind. I thought it was, you know, it was fun. You had Jean Reno in there, who is like the French guy that shows up in absolutely everything, and he was like, I, he was good in it, right? Like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I enjoyed the first Steve Martin Pink Panther, and the second one was kind of a crummy sequel. It's just kind of, you know, it got panned at the box office, and and the critics didn't like it, and and so on and so forth, but. This the last Pink Panther film came out thirteen years ago. It's been thirteen years. So when I take those two things and I couple them together, I go, you know what? Thirteen years since the Pink Panther movie. If they're only in talks now about getting this thing off the ground, it's at least a couple of years out before it would hit the screens. Let's say three years out. So we're looking at sixteen years between Pink Panther movies. And it will be the 12th Pink Panther movie that's been made. I don't know. When you take both of those things, the 12th kind of adding to my theory that, you know, this is just kind of one of those franchises that we're going to keep doing um, and redoing. And the fact that, you know what, it, it will have been like 15, 16, 17 years since the last time we saw it. Uh, you know, I'm like... I'm kind of like, well, if if you are going to do it, I now might be the time. I think it makes sense. Um, also, Eddie Murphy, I, I, I mean, absolutely. In my opinion, and I'll get your thoughts on this as well, but, uh, you know, for the character that Inspector Clouseau is, sort of the ridiculous, over-the-top, 
kind of happy-go-lucky idiot that stumbles into the right answer every time, even though he doesn't deserve to get the right answer because he's, he's just not talented enough. <laughs> That's a um, perfect ki- explanation. <laughs> he he kind of Jar Jar Binks is his way into things. Um, yeah. I, I I can see Eddie Murphy pulling this off perfectly. Anyways, Carl, what are your thoughts on both? Is it time to do another Pink Panther? Should should the Pink Panther die out? Is it done? Is it over? Do we keep going? Oh, and if we do keep going, is Eddie Murphy someone that you can see heading this thing up? Yeah, so okay, so... Pink Panther, definitely one of those film franchises that being rebooted over and over again shouldn't shock people and shouldn't be an issue because it's, yeah, it just kind of, it's got the the bones, the bare bones of, of the kind of what, how you, how you, um, describe inspector clouseau right and and how he solves cases it just has the makings for a great film as kind of the bare bones and then you kind of flesh it out from there in a kind of modern setting and man it's just yeah it's It's sort of like johnny english the rowan atkinson johnny english spy movies it's the same same shtick so like how you can't go wrong with it and rebooting it it shouldn't be a problem because it's already been done to a lot. And I vaguely remember watching one or two of the ones from the early nineties or late eighties. <clears throat> and it's like, I always remember getting, having a kick out of them. They're they're It's a good fun, like belly laugh f- film, no matter who's in it. Right. So you can't go wrong. In terms of Eddie Murphy being Clouseau, I mean, I, again, how, how you can't – Eddie Murphy's had some flops, especially the ones where he plays the the, the large family. Um, oh, the Nutty Professor? No, not the Nutty – was that the oh, Nutty Professor? Um, well, yeah. I mean, they're all heavy in the Nutty Professor. Oh, I think I'm thinking of something else. Maybe I don't know. He's had some that haven't hit as well as others, but Norbit, for the most which part, is awful. The guy is he. He's he's he knows comedy. Like he, yeah, he cut his chops doing stand up, and he killed it. And stand up comedians still look at his early stuff, his stuff, and and think, man, this guy is just. He's he's the he's one of the goats. Like he's he, one of the greatest cool. of all time when it comes to stand up comedy. He was great on SNL. He's great on SNL. He had a great he's and still does have a great movie library. Some are way better than others. Um, but man, like, yeah, he 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 could fill that role so perfectly, especially if you let him kind of do his th- thing and kind of help rewrite some of the jokes and script some of the jokes to, so that they just land that much better. Yeah. 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 I think it is such a good idea and it's time. Yeah. And I'm like, I would, I'm surprised if you'd asked me like, you know, a month ago, are you excited for a pink Panther new pink Panther reboot? I go, uh, yeah, I mean, probably not. Cause like, you know, as much as I think this is something that, yeah, you could keep doing, um, 
I don't know, modern day comedies are like, it's just, it's so rare that you find something that's actually funny. But then you tell me Eddie Murphy could be Inspector Clouseau and I go, well, hang on a second. <laughs> like, there, you might have something here. Not just because it's Eddie Murphy, but just because I think Eddie Murphy's comedy sensibilities could fit so well into into this role. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see if this happens. I kind of hope it does. Kind of hope it does. All right, moving on. As previously mentioned, you and I, I, I can't remember the last time can't remember the last time I had such a disappointing time in the theater as with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Like, I was less disappointed with The Last Jedi. I was less disappointed. Like, Thor The Dark World, I think, is a better film. I do. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know the last time I went to the theater and walked out and went, that was just not great. Maybe the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger was pretty bad. The Army Hammer Johnny Depp one. It was mm. just long and boring. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it was bad. And one of the things that we talked about in our one of the things I brought up in our review of that was so Jeff Loveness is the gentleman who wrote Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And it was interesting because we looked at it. And we're like, well, okay, so what did... Because so much of the the problem with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was writing. It came down to writing. It was just a garbage script. It's horrible. So we started looking at it. We're like, well, what is it? And some bad CG decisions. Yeah, and some really bad CG decisions. But we're like, okay, so what what has he... What has he written prior to this? And it was, well, six episodes of Rick and Morty... Some episodes of a show called Miracle Workers. He wrote a short film called Stock. Uh, a couple more shorts. And that's it. And that's it. Like the first, here's a Hollywood film, write it, was Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. Then we started to get, I started to get a little worried. And I brought up this saying, hey, you know, Jeff Loveness has his name attached to one more upcoming film as a writer in Hollywood. And that's Avengers King Dynasty. And I don't know, A, first of all, I don't know, A, how you would take a director who, or a writer who has never really written a movie before and give him Avengers King Dynasty, the next Avengers film, the first Avengers film since Endgame. But I also don't know how you would keep him on after he turned out, after the his trial run, his his job interview with you was him turning out Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And I, we sort of speculated saying, ah, they got to dump him. They have to. They have to. Like, it sucks. And you know what? Maybe he'll go on to be a great writer. Maybe he'll kind of cut his teeth on some more projects and evolve and get a little bit better, and he'll go on to write amazing films. Um, but Avengers King Dynasty can't be part of that process for him. And 
yeah, so we just kind of sat and waited and hoped and kind of like waited to see what was going to come of that. Well, it appears that Jeff Loveness has been removed as a writer from Avengers King Dynasty. Um, this comes to us from ComingSoon.net, and they were um, they were chatting with industry insider Jeff Snyder, who we've quoted several times. Jeff Snyder is kind of the dude that scoops a lot of these things. Um, he says, not only is, is Levness no longer attached to the, this project, um, but he, he was also pretty sure, his source was telling him that Jeff was off of Avengers Kang Dynasty before the strike even happened. So this is not as a result <laughs> of the writing strike this is not like, you know, because it's it's you know, coincidental timing. Some people could go, well, I wonder if the strike affected this, blah, blah, blah. Nope. No, I. this has got to be purely as a result of Avengers or of um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. This, you know what? I, I mean, it sucks. It sucks for Jeff. Well, I mean, when if something does good you should be promoting and continuing to hire the people that made it do good. If something does bad, you should stop working with those people. <laughs> like, and I don't know. It feels like most of this last, well, I guess we kind of went through it. Some, some of it's been good. Some of it's bad, but when it comes to the bad stuff, like in terms of script writing and whatever decisions are being made, like, did uh, Marv MCU needs to to definitely dump some people if looking at this last phase instead of continuing on like nothing's happened. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Like the MC Kevin Feige has been known for going out and getting directors who are unheard of, who are nobodies. Yeah. And he said, because like, it's, yeah, because those are the people that if you look at their resume, they know how they're like, if if you can tell a story, if you can tell a story on a $5 million budget, you can tell a good story on a $150 million budget. It's just, it's, it's storytelling. There's yeah. And like, and like, I think a good example in the same world here at MCU is like Taika Waititi. Like who the hell was he before Thor Ragnarok? Yeah. Like he'd done a cut, like um, where the, where the wild people are. And so he'd done some stuff that like, had like not, a sort of a cult not, following. Not big, not big stuff. Like, no, people didn't really know him. Yeah. He, he became, he essentially became a Hollywood somebody after Ragnarok. Yeah. Now, and, and, like I said, you know, he did good stuff. Keep him on. Let him give him a little more. You know, uh, when you're when you do do well with little, you should be rewarded with more. Uh, Taika yeah. Waititi, I think, is a a good example of also kind of a me- mentality that just because you're good at one thing doesn't mean you're good at everything. And and uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, I think, is a good example of that. <laughs> Because well, I mean, he was more everybody. involved in the script writing of that and given more freedom to make that film was the he? way he wanted. And I think it suffered because of that. Was he? Is that like yeah. that's confirmed? I'm fairly, that there was I'm a fairly different... confident that he had more free creative freedom than he did prior. I think okay. he was even part of the writing process. Right. Okay. 
Um, well, either way, I mean, everybody has a bad day at the office, but when it's a bad day at the office True. and we're talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, it's, you know, it's, it's a harder thing to just go, well, it's, you know, we'll move on from it. It's fine. It's, you know, another example, another great example is the Russo brothers, right? Prior to directing the Winter Soldier, the biggest film that they had in their repertoire was Yumi and Dupree, which is a it's a great film. It'll make you cry every time you watch it. But it's not it's not like a a huge film, yeah. and that was it. And that was really kind of all that was there. And then they went from Winter Soldier to doing Civil War to doing Infinity War and doing Endgame, right? So mm-hmm. like. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's kind of one of those, and it's one of those, you know, again, just because just because you're great at everything doesn't mean that, you know, what that everything's going to be amazing, because then they did the movie Cherry after Endgame, they did the movie with Cherry with Tom Holland, and it's, it's, it's not, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty bad, yeah. so. It's, it's everybody's got a day but, at the office, yeah. or everybody's not good at everything. And shouldn't be so, Jeff Loveness appears to be gone, um, like I said, shitty for him um yeah. but i think this is a good thing for the fans and and i'm not saying bar jeff loveness from the mcu no let him go no, off he, and like write you, like some other you things said earlier yeah like give he, he he just needs to cut his chops a bit more yeah yeah absolutely maybe maybe he's maybe jeff loveness will be the guy that goes down that was like introduced beta ray bill to the mcu in the greatest possible way ever but yeah. he's got there's a little bit of a roadmap, I think, before before he gets there. So yeah. moving on. Moving on. Talking about franchises that just have legs and you just keep making them and redoing them and trying trying them again. A couple of weeks ago, you and I talked about a franchise that seemed to sort of be that up until this point, but we had both kind of agreed that like, you know, maybe this one's dead for a while. Maybe you just leave this one alone and and you know cut your losses and like leave it alone. Just stop. Uh, and that was Terminator. That was the Terminator franchise. You know, it's it's passed hands a couple of times. It's passed continuities a couple of times. I liked the most recent one, Dark Fate, um, but I was not a fan of Genesis like at all. I'm not a fan of Terminator Salvation. The, the um, Christian Bale one, the one that's like all set in the future. I'm like, I, that's, I, I, you're mi- I thought that one was all right. It wasn't yeah. amazing, but for I me, liked it, it was better just than like anything that came after. It was missing the gimmick for me. And the gimmick is futuristic robots in a modern age, right? And, and yeah. so, and like that wasn't there. And so for me, it was just like, eh, this is not the story I needed answered. I, I, don't, I don't need that story answered. Right, I don't need to know about the force. <laughs> it was just kind of one of those. You're answering a question I haven't asked. Um, so, anyways, we both kind of said, you know what? Eh, this is done. The franchise hasn't truly been amazing since it was James Cameron that was writing Terminator and directing it, and and had his hands heavily on it. Which the last time that really happened was T2. Right? He was he's been a producer and an executive producer on more recent ones like he was on dark fate and i think that that helped he was a, a writer for genesis he was a writer for genesis um but not the soul only well i think he might have just been credited i think he's always credited as a he's, writer because he created the characters 
So if IMDB does this the way most traditional kind of credits would be given, he's there are three writers credited on IMDB and James Cameron is third. And yeah. in my mind, traditionally, when credits are given, the person with the most uh, credit to be given goes first and lessers yeah. come after. James it's, Cameron it's, being third, what you're saying is maybe accurate. He was just kind of like brought in to thumbs up it or something. Well, or or like I said, so like if you look at because I was just looking at the IMDb IMDb page for Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, and although Jeff Loveness is a writer, there's also another pe- person listed as a writer, and that's Stan Lee. And the only reason Stan Lee's I mean, this film right. was written after Stan Lee died, right? The only reason Stan Lee's name is there is because he created the characters, and so you have to. Right, like mm. right now, uh, I'm curious. Um, I don't think that makes sense because he's James Cameron isn't credited on IMDb for like Dark Fate. Well, then that could just be like a that could just be a bad listing on <laughs> on uh, IMDb. That could because anyone can go on and change IMDb, right? Like, okay, right now, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. I guarantee you that was written solely by Ryan Johnson, and that the only reason I'm looking at George Lucas's name is because he created the universe. They're his characters, and so you have to okay. well, you give credit. But so, anyways, neither here nor there. What is here and there is that James Cameron is writing a new Terminator film, and has shifted in in proper this is the thing listen i'll tell you what gives me hope is that james cameron has shifted the his perspective on this he doesn't want to just rehash the same old crap what he's saying is that this Terminator film would be more about the AI side of things, more about the artificial intelligence and and the whole Skynet and Cyberdyne and and stuff like that aspect of it. Um, He says, if I were to do another Terminator film and maybe try to launch that franchise again, which is in discussion, but nothing has been decided, I would make it much more about the AI side of it than bad robots gone crazy. Um, Cameron revealed back in December 2022. Now, it has now been confirmed. Like I said, he is... So he was... uh, James Cameron was at the Dell Technologies World um, seminar. He was up on stage as a speaker. And he told the crowd that he has started writing Terminator... Um, he started writing a new Terminator movie three months ago, but wants to wait and see how AI shakes out before he goes any further, which basically I think just means that's not like, well, if AI becomes crazy, I'm not going to make this movie. I think that's just him saying, I I want to, as James Cameron does, I want to become an expert on AI so that the movie I make is, you know is super accurate and and relevant and touches on those interesting things that seem to actually be happening in the real world. Um, like I said, a couple weeks ago, a month ago, I was like, no, this is done. This is done. I don't want Terminator. Leave it alone. Right? The continuity is a mess. The whole thing's a problem. It's done. Just drop it. <laughs> yeah. Finding out that James Cameron, for three months now, has been writing a new Terminator film 
and that it's going to focus on the artificial intelligence sides of things. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I'm not pr- pretty interested and and am in t- anticipating what this could turn into. Carl, you hear these things. I know you're a Terminator fan, um, not only because it's Arnold, but because it also falls into that like great 80s science fiction action genre. Like it's just a, the Terminator films just match your your likes and interests to a T. Um, yeah. So as a franchise that's near and dear to you, starring an actor who's near and dear to you now, obviously we don't know that Arnold could possibly like, you know, that's that you uh, you just have to speculate. You would just yeah. have to speculate on whether or not Arnold would show up. I would kind of sort of think maybe he wouldn't because it sounds like the story that James Cameron's planning on telling, uh, you'd have to, he, it would feel forced. He'd feel shoehorned in there. Um, but you hear all this and what are your thoughts of the idea that James Cameron could be truly back at the helm of a Terminator film? Um, Man. Yeah, because when we talked, I was on the same boat. Like we were on the same boat. We were both saying, "Franchise dead. Let it, let it, let it die. Give it time to breathe and 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 be kind of forgotten, and then maybe reboot it in the distant, long future when I'm dead." (laughs) Um, James Cameron. Being the one writing the script, oh man, that that changes things a little, <laughs> for sure. Maybe more than a little, right? Like uh, we've talked about before, how pretty much everything James James Cameron uh, makes is 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 Hollywood gold. Like he is the um, oh, what's the fairy tale guy that spins? straw into gold <laughs> no you're you're okay you're mixing you're mixing up two of them there's the Rumpelstiltskin story but I would say that that James Cameron is more like King Midas so everything uh, he touches, he touches. Yeah, okay, to yeah yeah I'll give you that one too yeah that one would work well but I, I mean in this case he's turning something that's garbage turn, f- turned into garbage back into gold sure. or, or potentially would sure right? like yeah, I guess you could do that through a touch too. If you're yeah. King Midas, turn your poop into gold. <laughs> the Terminator franchise was a delicious pie that was created by <laughs> by him. It's now and been then digested, it was consumed by us, and we pooped it out. And then we got the last couple poopy <laughs> Terminator films, and he will come along and touch it and turn it into gold. <laughs> Man, you've just sent this yeah, whole okay. thing straight to the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I yeah, I mean it brings it brings hope to the situation, I'll say. The Arnold mm-hmm. thing, Arnold being if like you said, it, there's no word of whether Arnold to be involved. I as too, much as too Arnold old now. is I I have you been watching Fubar? Fubar hit Netflix. Not yet. Too. I want to. Yeah. I've been watching it. It's fun. It's good. Ar- Arnold's a great actor. People do not give him enough credit. He does the action scenes with him. 
do he, he's definitely not the action hero he used to be right well, I, no i just think it's but, he's too old for he, it to make sense he well he, so, hang, hang on i'm getting there like I'm, and just for fubar here right now i'm talking like he plays a trying to retire cia agent in the in the show right and so his character isn't fast but he's kind of he he just you know he's been in the game so long he just knows where to be and where not to be and what to do in every situation just because he's he's lived it all right but so he's not where in the film there's another character who's like the young gun and she is just can do everything he can do but because she's young she she's uh She's doing jumps and flips and whatever, and but she just doesn't have the same experience, so she kind of leans on him a little bit uh, when necessary. So anyway, Arnold can still do action scenes, I think, that are written in a way that fit his his current age, right? The the problem with making him a Terminator again is he's old. And the last was two man. The Genesis wasn't too bad. Cause he still kind of looked young enough, right? Like they, yeah. they, his, his, he wasn't graying as much. And even if he was, they, they you know uh uh put color in his hair to bring it back down to make help him look younger and he's st- it still kind of worked but he still looked old he still kind yeah. of looked a lot older than his younger self from the first three yeah the fourth or i guess it's the technically the sixth one in the franchise dark yeah, fate dark the fate. most recent one well it's like, technically the third one how does one. that make any sense that like it's living tissue over top of a, a, a robot. So the tissue's aged. Yeah. The tissue, tissue ages as fast as normal human beings or does it? Or like, I don't. And I mean, he doesn't have a metabolism. Like that's, that's what yeah. makes you. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. yeah it. Which technically, so technically I don't think Dark Fate is only the third one in the franchise because it's. Uh, it was released as a direct one. no it was released as a direct follow up to T2 it was a it was an ignoring the rest of the story and just making that one was was yeah, how but James you, I think you, it. you it just because you're dealing with timeline stuff it's just like the event is is happening before T3 and and Genesis in the timeline no 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 i know i am just saying like the T Dark Fate only considers the first two Terminator films to be canon. That film only considers those to be canon, right? So T3 never happened, obviously, yeah. because, Uh-oh. you know, at Either the beginning way. of Dark Fate, John Connor is killed. I think the point as is, a kid. we're both on the same page here. It, he doesn't, it doesn't sell for Arnold to be a Terminator anymore. Yeah, unfortunately. So... I think whatever Cameron does, he needs to find himself a new Terminator. Mm-hmm. He needs to find himself a, 
I don't know, top of my head. John Batista, John Cena. I was just going to say John Cena. Yeah, like some big muscly guy, maybe somebody from the wrestling world, maybe. Yeah, and I'm not a massive John Cena fan, but he's, I mean, he's perfect for that role. (laughs) Well, no, he's perfect for that role. Like he's perfect for a a man machine kind of role, right? So, so uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I think you need to get somebody else to play the Terminator or, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, yeah. okay. as much as I like Arnold, I don't think he works. On to the hot anymore. topic here. Final, final and hottest topic. A topic Ooh, Carl's juicy. dreading and a, and a topic that, that I did not send you any source material for in the show notes. I wanted to just, I wanted this to be a surprise. Now. I'm going to give a couple disclaimers here. Number one, we're about to give a spoiler for the upcoming Flash movie. This is a spoiler that is small. Basically, we're going to tell you a cameo. Someone who's appearing in this film as a certain character. This is a small, insequential cameo. I have heard from people who have seen it, multiple sources who have already seen it, saw it back at CinemaCon. There isn't even a, like, it's not even a speaking line. No words are uttered by this character. It's just kind of an Easter egg. It's just a wink and a nod and a you know, whatever. Uh, does not affect the story. It's just kind of like a blink and you miss it moment. But the reason we're talking about it is because the director, Andy Muschietti, revealed it so this is i mean this isn't something that's like leaked out or you know ooh, we've got some dirt and we're here to spoil it for you nope no nope. this is this is it might as well have been in a trailer because this is it's just public public of publicly available information now hmm. um the other reason is that we're talking about, no the other reason no. he's dead <laughs> the other reason that we're talking about this is because although it's a cameo that warmed my heart when I heard about it and I was like oh my gosh I cannot believe what I'm hearing a lot of people it's you kind of need some some deep cut nerdy knowledge in order to even understand this cameo and anyone who doesn't any just like average movie going person is going to be sitting in the theater going Wait, what? Why why is that person playing that character? That doesn't make any sense to me. And those who do know, people who are in the know, are going to be like standing up and cheering and being like, yes! So, in order to make things hopefully make a little bit more sense for you, um, without further ado, here it is. So, we know The Flash is coming. And we know that we're getting a lot of familiar faces in there, right? I, I could not be more excited for Michael Keaton as Batman. Could not be more excited. We know that Ben Affleck is coming back to play his version of Batman. We know, um, because it's been in the trailers, that Jeremy Irons is coming back to play Ben Affleck's Alfred. We know that Michael Shannon is back as General Zod. Right, so it's just like this this onslaught smorgasbord of like faces from previous iterations of of or previous films, people we haven't seen, characters who had been killed off, blah blah blah. I've speculated, and what I want more than anything in the world 
is for not even in costume. Doesn't need to be in costume. I just want at some point Michael Keaton and however many berries there are to be sitting in the the cave and, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer walks down the stairs to the Batcave to nag Bruce about something. Oh my (laughs) gosh, I want that so bad. That would be incredible. So, we know that Andy Muschietti clearly has an affinity for Tim Burton's Batman universe, right? Because he's he's bringing Batman back. It's the bat suit. It's the bat cave. It's the Batmobile. It's it's this it's it's the same Wayne Manor. Like it's just ah. Oh. <laughs> I'm just so freaking excited, man. Well, back in the 90s, Tim Burton made two Batman films. He made Batman, he made Batman Returns. Batman Returns, he was was open to the idea of making a third one. He had a script, a story ready to go for the third one. And then there was kind of this big, like, after he made Batman, Warner Brothers kind of trusted him and gave him a bunch of free reign. And then in Batman Returns, which is still my favorite Batman movie, he delivered um, a much more Tim Burton <laughs> film. Um, it was dark, right? You've got like Penguin like oozing yep. black stuff out of his mouth. And like, it was just, it was dark. And Warner Brothers got in a lot of trouble because McDonald's was putting Batman toys and Happy Meals weeks before the movie came out and then the movie came out and it was clearly not a kid film and it was like you know blah 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 and it's just this whole big mess and so uh, tim burton's talked about like you know i was i was sitting in the room ready to to talk about the you know the third one and it became very apparent to me very quickly that they didn't actually want me to come back and make a third one that they were scared and that um you know because they were like oh you know you don't really want to do a third one do you you kind of want to like you know blah 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 and so then he took the hint um and then as a result michael keaton didn't come back because he's like well if tim's not there i don't really want to do it and blah 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 and that's how we got stuck with joel schumacher but there was a period of time in the 90s where tim burton was eyeing up a different superhero. And eyeing up to the point that the script was written and, like, camera tests had been done. There's footage available of the actor in the suit. They were, like, ready to go. We're making this movie, making this movie. And then ultimately, it didn't happen because there was so much like producers that were trying to get their fingers in and get this done and that made and we want to add this to the story and we want to do that and became a big ugly mess and so that film was never made and the majority of you have no idea that that film was almost ever even a thing my job those of you if it's who i think you're gonna say this is crazy but for those of you who are aware you are going to lose your mind in a couple of weeks when you're sitting in the theater to watch The Flash and you finally see Nick Cage as Superman. What? <laughs> no. Really? Yeah. In oh the suit in, in, in the suit that can be seen in those costume tests. Like oh this my very God. With skin the long tight hair? alien looking. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he's got the long hair. 
He did have oh long hair gosh. in those images. <laughs> yeah. So my mind is blown. Not only so it's not a speaking role, and it's super inconsequential to the story. It's not really a you know, it's a movie that's dealing with like ultimate timelines and and different dimensions and stuff like that. So like it makes sense that he could you could see him for a couple of seconds on screen. Like it it you know, it's that's not a stretch. Um that I got to tell you, this news gets me more excited than <laughs> just about anything That's else. So not be, awesome. not not just because I can't wait to oh, actually man. put my eyes upon that, but what it says for the movie as a whole. What it says is Andy Muschietti gets it. Like it, the fact that he's doing this tells you so much about his sensibilities surrounding this film. Right, that that he's not just he hasn't just thrown Michael Keaton in there because sure, why not? That Andy Muschietti is a fan of of this stuff, and that he is delivering has delivered the film that him as a fan and hopefully the rest of us fans want to see. So there you have it. Nicolas Cage as Superman is in the Flash movie just very briefly. That's there awesome. he is. And it was it's <laughs> worth talking. I know I didn't want to spoil anything for Carl and blah 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 and it was this oh. whole big but but it's one of those it's one of those cameos where over half of the theater is going to go holy crap. Why the hell is Nicolas Cage crap. Superman? Like they're 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 going to be they're going to be super confused, oh, and they're going to think it's a really weird, dumb choice. And it is. <laughs> but to be clear, it is. But he's in there for a reason. The movie was called. The movie was going to be called Superman Lives. And there's actually, there's actually a really fantastic documentary that you can watch made by the late great John Schnapp. Um, and it's called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened? And it's got interviews in it from from <laughs> Tim Burton and Kevin Smith and like all the people who, you know, are kind of surrounding the thing and are, you know. But yeah, it was just, it was just becoming a mess of a movie and Tim Burton was like, okay, well, F this. And eventually <laughs> it didn't happen. But, oh, man. Yeah. So, Carl, what are your thoughts? Uh, so crazy. <laughs> Isn't it? Like I like, double, yeah. I did a double take I, when I, I heard it. I'm I'm glad Nick Cage was never Superman because I don't. As much as I like Nicolas Cage, I don't think he would make a very good Superman. Like his just his speech patterns alone, even though he's a great actor and could probably find a speech pattern that worked, I still don't think his the cadence he normally carries in a speech pattern in a film would work. No, like I, I can't I do this journal story because I have the, to go fight his, some his, bad guys. Oh man, I don't. Ah man, it just wouldn't work. But, but like having him as Superman in this capacity, it's perfect. It's a perfect, oh, it's perfect way to do this. Even if, even if, like, I don't know if anybody's ever seen him in these pictures of the pictures and i think there's a video maybe like might be a video yeah Yeah. 
Like if you haven't do yourself a service and Google Nick, Nick cage test shots for Superman, like the suit looks okay. It doesn't look okay on him. It looks and Tim Burton, especially because it's, he's got like long hair, long flowy yeah. hair. Yeah, <laughs> it just it just doesn't look like Superman <laughs> at all. No. So my hope is that like the 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 test shots are what he looks like. Like I don't, I hope he doesn't have short hair. I think no, he long, needs a long flowy hair because oh man, yeah, oh just long flowy mullety like hair. Yeah, there's like a five a minute video with a mullet. <laughs> There's like a five minute video and you can see they're in like a hotel room and they're like doing costume fittings on them and they're like trying to get it all figured out. And yeah. Yeah, man, man. Oh man. What a time to like, it's, I know I've said it. I've said it so many times and I've never like each time I say it, I'm like, Oh, well they're not going to be able to top this where I'm like, Oh, what a time to be alive where the ghostbusters have come back and Michael Keaton is playing Batman and we're getting a new Beetlejuice film and we're getting like, it's just like, it's just nuts. Yeah. But I don't know that I will ever be able to top what a time to be alive. We're about to see Nicolas Cage on screen as Superman. It's just nuts it's too good I, I hope you're i hope you're taking notes james gunn i hope you're taking notes yeah. oh man that nicholas cage is available and willing Ooh. to play superman <laughs> there you go you uh, you heard it here first man. james gunn's new superman is nicholas cage no, <laughs> no. oh all right before we close out let's yeah. circle back to do uh Nintendo. oh the mario thing yeah 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 what what Nintendo properties would you love to see on the silver screen? So I've actually thought about this, and I'm not alone in this first one. In the first one, Luigi's Mansion, right? Especially because okay. when okay. Mario and Luigi first get separated, Luigi finds himself in sort of this castle mansion thing, yep. and there's the shy guys are there, and it seems like kind of spooky. And I'm like, oh my God, that's what this, like, this is it. That's the dynamic right there. Do this. Luigi's Mansion. Fantastic. Um, so that's, that for me is I think the only real direct t- to the Mario universe spinoff that I, and, and I mean, obviously like a Super Mario's too. The other one that I think you could really do and it would scratch the itch of so many fans and and would kind of have sort of that ready player one feel where there's like there's just oh my gosh like everybody's in this film um is a super smash bros movie Mm. because you could just pull everybody into it kirby could be in it and samus and and star fox and you know like you could just have this whole oh man i just i forgot you oh man yeah okay so the first the big ones that come to my mind uh, is metroid like for me, like oh man, I like sci- sci-fi, man. That's that'd be a great sci-fi flick. Yeah, tricky though because it's it's a certainly a less popular game, right? Like you're it, getting it into a, a more niche game, property. But like like Zelda, there it's been around for so long enough and had enough games that there is some really deep kind of lore and mythology that's been built into this game, this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, 
oh man, you 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 mentioned um, what was the other one you just mentioned? Uh, Luigi's Mansion. No, 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 no. Uh, Smash Bros. No, it was it was while you were talking about Smash Bros. Oh, uh, Star Fox. Star Fox, yeah. That one, yeah, kind of kind of a similar vein. I think you would get a little bit more. I think Metroid, you could you could do it live action, and you could get away with it a little easier than Super Mario. Obviously, can't <laughs> we've seen that done, and it's horrible. Um, but like, I think Metroid, you could go live action if you wanted to, but it would also yeah. be really good in the same animation style. But it's a little bit more. It's a little. It would be more kind of more mature themes. Mm-hmm. Um, where Star do. Fox. Star Fox sci-fi still, right? We're talking about outer space and space travel and space combat. Yep. Star Fox, you could do it just like same look, same tone, same almost everything as the Mario movie. And it would be amazing. Yeah. Do you know what you could do? I was saying, I was, I was saying that like that Luigi's Mansion was the only real spinoff. Because the other, I mean, you start thinking about things like Dr. Mario, and I'm like, eh, you know, I don't know. I don't There's know Wario, that there's... Mario, uh, Donkey Kong, Yoshi. Yeah, like, I don't know there's enough there to, you know. But you could do, like, if you really break down, like, okay, what's happening and why is it happening this way? And maybe it would have, like, almost a Jumanji feel. Like, I don't even know. But I could see, I think there's the potential for doing a Mario Party movie. Uh, that might be neat. All right. I'm going to list off a couple of fast fires and then I'm going to yeah. end with one, the, the, a final one that the I think hot would take. be, All right. would be like, oh no, wait, no, sorry. The final one I'm thinking of isn't a, a Marvel property at all. Oh, but it doesn't need to be Marvel. It needs to be Nintendo. Or Nintendo. But, sorry. Yeah. yeah it's not a Nintendo <laughs> property. So there's, you could have Kirby. Yeah. Kirby, Kirby be cool. Uh, Animal Crossing games have some popularity. Fire Emblem is a really popular RPG for RPG people. Um, But again, kind of like even more so than um, with uh, um, uh, oh shoot, uh, with Metroid, it's lesser known. Yeah. Um, There's Pikmin. Yeah. uh, Pokemon, but Pokemon's already been done. Yeah, 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 and that's kind of its own like uh, yeah. Uh Splatoon. Yeah. Um and then there's like I'm just kind of looking at a bunch of games in the list here. Yeah. The rest the, everything else is a little lesser known. The the other game that came to mind, but then I realized just before I started spouting the list off that it wouldn't work because it's not I, I think Nintendo I know what property. you're going to say. I think I know Kingdom what you're going to say. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Kingdom Hearts would be a cool movie, but that it's not Nintendo. It's it's a Sony Disney game. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The other one that I thought, although it's like, even though you were playing it on, on, um, even though you're playing it on Nintendo devices, it's technically a Capcom property. Um, was Mega Man? Oh, oh man! You mentioning I, I did think about that. Uh, like with Nintendo, Nintendo having their own kind of production company now yeah. for movies and the success of uh, the Mario movie. Mm-hmm. 
they could approach other studios, video game studios, and yep. say, hey, let's make a film about your game. Like you were just saying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What about like a Street Fighter, a proper Street Fighter movie? Mm-hmm. I think like, they just have be- like so much of their own stuff to, to yeah. make before they... Capcom has made some TV shows and comic books and movies about Street Fighter. And there's a lot of lore and story there to be told. But like put some like real money behind that. I think it'd be yeah. really good. I can definitely see them going the Donkey Kong route. It just sucks that they chose Seth Rogen. Oh, so bad. They could recast him, but. Just make but it a Diddy movie. Just a movie about yeah. Diddy. Man, Seth, yeah, he totally ruined that role. Oh, uh, yeah. So disappointing. Yeah. What yep. a doink. Broke, broke my heart. Broke what my a heart. Doink. Yep. Well, Seth that'll do Rogan, it. Rogan, you're a doink. That'll do it. That's that's uh, the news in a nutshell. You know, it's just the, that's the short version. That's just, mm. uh, you know. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all listed down below. We also have a merch page. Merch, merch, merch. Get your merch. There you go. And uh, (laughs) also a Patreon page, (laughs) which is a great way to support the show for as little as a dollar a month and receive some pretty sick exclusive perks um, in return. And so that's definitely something you don't... uh, you don't want to miss out on. What about a Pac-Man movie? Ooh, there you go. That would be interesting. I mean, you'd have to re- like it. That'd be quite an adaptation, right? Like you have to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not. Uh, it's not as simple as well, the other one. I mean, and again, you'd have to really adapt it. You got to like turn it into it. They essentially have to do with this what they had to do with the um, the Angry Birds movies, where it's like, oh, uh, yeah. it's like, but it's quite a bit different. Like, they've had to, int- like, actually create narrative. Um, but Duck Hunt. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, kind of int- do the, um, who, who was it? Was it College Humor that did the little skit where the, the hound jumps behind the grass and then you kind of get a reverse side to see what what he's doing over there and he's actually like talking to the ducks and like giving them their their jobs yeah (laughs) okay you fly really fast and don't let them hit you and you fly really slow yeah (laughs) yeah yeah do you know my one criticism would you know what i want to see more than anything in super mario brothers 2 because Uh, i thought this was like such a, a lost opportunity and should have been a part of what helped Mario defeat Bowser in the end. Uh, a Tuki suit? Power glove. Power glove. <laughs> right? You need the power glove in there. Yeah. And right now, everyone listening is like, what the hell is a power glove? Yeah. <laughs>